0: Welcome to the Partnership Economy. This podcast explores the power of partnerships through candid conversations with industry leaders. Join our hosts, Dave Yovano, CEO, and Todd Crawford, co-founder of Impact.com, as they unpack the future of partnerships as a lever for scale and an opportunity to put the consumer first.
1: Welcome to season four of the Partnership Economy podcast with me, Todd Crawford. Today, I'm being joined by Leanne Johnstone, a fellow affiliate marketing enthusiast and award-winning performance marketer. Leanne is the founder of Affiverse, a successful performance marketing agency out of the UK. With over two decades of knowledge in the affiliate space spanning from e-commerce, retail, fintech, and iGaming, Leanne is passionate about helping affiliate managers scale their programs. She guides managers on how to accelerate their programs at summits and also coaches a mastermind for affiliate managers who want to run performance marketing campaigns in-house. Leanne is full of insights, and I'm excited for today's conversation where we'll dive into how creating community drives our industry, innovations like AI coming to the forefront and deciphering between affiliates and creators in this partnership economy. I hope you enjoy Okay, Leanne, welcome to the podcast. I'm very excited for this episode. It's been one of these mutual podcasts. I was just on yours and now you get to be on mine. So again, welcome. It's great to have you on. And I guess the best way to get into who Leanne is, is to really start with your background and how you got into this industry.
0: Yeah. So thank you both so much for having me on your podcast. It's a real pleasure to be here with you. So I entered the industry roughly about 20 odd years ago when I joined the world of the internet and and thought, oh, what is all of this marketing that's happening online? Let me go and take a look. And basically chucked in my job. I was a a head of marketing for a financial services company and started my career all over again at the age of mid-20s. I'm not going to give my age away. What an exciting journey it has been. I've seen the progression of the internet from the first basic links through to where we are now with this huge partnership economy that we're working in. And it has been nothing short of a wild ride. I think I definitely made the correct career decision at the time to get in really early. And yeah, just learned my craft on the job. And I think that's pretty much how anybody with 20 years experience entered this industry accidentally on purpose and then stayed and loved it and managed to work pretty much all sides of the coin. So, you know, agency side, client side, I've done a little bit of work on the affiliate publisher side, and here I am today running my own agency, uh, working with multiple clients across multiple verticals and across multiple geos and places all over the world. And I can honestly say it's one of the best decisions I've probably ever made. Affiliate marketing has and always will be my first love.
1: I hear you. I'm in the same boat. It's definitely been a long and very rewarding ride. So you mentioned Affiverse. I'm sure everybody's curious. Can you tell me what it is and why you created it?
0: We're an affiliate marketing agency. So depending on where you're tuning in from around the world and OPM. So we specialize in helping clients to launch, scale and grow affiliate programs. But we had to pivot a little bit during COVID and we actually ended up becoming a media company too. We couldn't get out to events. We started creating a lot of our own content. As you heard earlier on this podcast, I created a podcast as well just to start talking a little bit about the strategies and the tactics that people need to keep abreast of in this industry. Things are changing so quickly all the time. And whilst we have the years of skill and expertise that we plug into our agency clients, I really wanted to create a space where affiliate managers and publishers could come together and actually learn the tactical things that they need to know about their program. So what I was seeing in the marketplace was There's a lot of news about this is happening or that's changing, but what we don't talk about is the practical application of what does that mean for me? And so we started to create events. We run some virtual summits called Amplify and Elevate. We got speakers, experts like you to come in on our podcast and actually talk about different aspects of the affiliate marketing industry from multiple different verticals and just started to pull together all of the threads of expertise that exists out there into one place, which is what we call Afoverse. I'm extremely passionate about what the next generation of affiliate managers is going to take us forward into. And so we launched an affiliate training program called AMP, which is the Affiliate Marketing Performance Program, which is basically a 12-week mastermind for any affiliate manager that wants to fast track their growth, really understand strategies and tactics that go behind growing affiliate programs. And so we've landed up with this 3 prong business, which is we'll do it for you. We'll do it with you, or we will teach you how to do it. And that's what Affiverse is. It's just the one place where you can come to learn and really glean knowledge and information that's practical and tactical for your business.
1: So people are interested in getting involved, participating. What's the best way to find out more information?
0: Yeah, contact me on LinkedIn or head up our sales team on sales at affiverse.com. We're always happy to talk about how we can help your business to grow and how we can help your business be seen and heard because we've got a lot of publishers and uh, program managers. So if you're a SaaS business, if you're a publisher uh, that has traffic and you need to know what programs you want to be promoting, like we'll hook you up, we'll connect you with the people that are in our community. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things is where do you go to find the right person to talk to? Because this industry is huge. And that's one of the things that we're really good at is just connecting people and and getting people that need something and want something talking to one another.
1: Being in the industry over two decades, it feels like it's accelerated a lot in recent years. How has this partnership landscape evolved from your perspective?
0: It's just exploded. Everybody is talking about performance-based marketing. I am just absolutely flabbergasted at how big this industry is becoming. Some of the numbers that we're seeing in the kind of stats reports, double digit growth year on year, billions of dollars around the globe, more and more tech being developed to actually expand and track and cater for all the different channels that are coming into performance. To me, it is super exciting to be in this industry right now because we're on this pivot of a of a next revolution of what affiliate marketing could be for businesses. I think there's a lot more education coming into this space now about why this channel is so important for businesses to invest in. Whereas previously, I feel like affiliate managers have always been in the shroom room. You're just sitting there somewhere in between brand and paid and you're doing your little thing with your partners. But I think a lot more businesses, because of the transparency of data that we've got now and the way that we can attribute and track sales, I think a lot of people are now starting to take note of just how valuable this partnership economy can be when it's leveraged properly within the business alongside other digital channels. So for me, I think it's incredibly exciting. I think we haven't even seen the cusp of what this industry can do and what it can perform, but we very quickly moving towards that space where innovation is going to really start to come to the fore, especially with things like AI learning, better tracking, more accurate tracking, server-to-server side stuff. I think it's an incredibly exciting industry to be working in right now. We're going to see so much more change in 10 years to come.
1: So what are some of the most common mistakes you think brands are making when it comes to their partnership programs, right? There's misconceptions or challenges that you've seen over and over again.
0: So I call these my pet peeves. There's two in particular that I want to bring up because I still see this happening like day in, day out. And the first is you don't make it very easy for your partners to find you. I'm going to give a little example. I had a publisher who contacted me and they were like, we've got all this traffic for home interiors, design, furniture, that kind of like customer segment. What are the best programs to go and join. And I was like, well, there's hundreds of directories out there, but go to the brands that you like and know, because that'll be easier for you to promote. And there was one huge furniture brand. When you go to their website, you can't even find where the link is to join their affiliate program. I knew that there was an affiliate program for this brand, but it wasn't anywhere on the front end website. Now that's your shop front to invite partners in. So make sure that it's easy for affiliates to find you, easy for affiliates to actually read about what you offer in your program and actually market your program to invite them in. Tell them what it is that it's going to mean for them to work with you. Give them that first touch customer experience that you're already giving to your customers who purchase your products. You've got to think about your partners as not just traffic suppliers, but actually an extension of your own marketing team. So how are you going to invite them in The second thing that I think is my pet peeve is the fact that affiliate managers, they don't treat partners with a lot of respect until they get to a point where the partner is actually delivering revenue. And I want to be very clear about this. The smallest partner in your program doesn't mean that they're the smallest partner on the planet. They could be promoting 50 other programs and those other programs are getting a percentage of their traffic. So never discount a small partner that's sending you valuable customers as an irrelevant partner in your program, because you don't know what's happening on that partner's backend and you don't know the sum total of all of their traffic. So build those relationships, work on the long tail and invest in building partnerships with partners that send you any kind of value and think about what that value is.
1: Yeah, I think those are two really great points. And I almost wonder on your first point, the reason... Some brands don't promote it on their homepage. It's almost like they don't want applications. Like they don't want to have to process applications or go through and figure out who's somebody I want to approve and who's somebody that's not a good fit. It's almost like they want it to be a secret that they have an affiliate program.
0: The other misconception or pet peeve that I have at the moment, especially in the e-commerce space, is this whole attitude towards cashback, loyalty, incentive publishers. Now, depending on the type of product that you have, the type of service that you're selling, there's a time and a place for every kind of publisher to be in your program. I really don't think that any brand can afford to discount working with any different type of publisher because ultimately customers have got upwards of 26 touch points before they make a purchase, 15 decision-making processes and platforms that they go through before they purchase something. Can you really afford not to have your brand being shown in places on a pay on performance basis just because you don't like a certain type of partner or you think that a certain type of partner doesn't fit your program. There will be a time and a place to use those partners strategically to help you to grow. I'm not saying that everybody has to work with cashback sites, but there might be seasonal times when you can work with cashback sites to really push incrementality in your program. So I want to get rid of the bias that exists. Oh, we don't want to work with these types of publishers or we don't want to work with those type of publishers. I think you just need to be strategic about how you plan your strategy behind your program and invite those publishers in at the right times and at the right price points.
1: Well, a lot of these publishers that you just talked about are pretty large companies and they've been around a while and they work with lots of brands and they've heard lots of concerns. And so They typically have a way to work with you to help address your concerns. So again, back to the relationship, instead of saying we don't work with this vertical or type of partner or don't appreciate them as much as maybe other brands do. Having that conversation, again, at least allows you guys to kind of address those concerns and and work through something that suddenly, oh, wait, no, that we would like that. That is actually something we do like now. And you didn't know about it or you weren't aware of it. These companies are not in the business of cramming everybody, all the square pegs into their round hole. They are flexible. They have more than one way of working with you. I think they don't miss an opportunity because you just have a certain, you're predisposed or a certain opinion about about a type of partner.
0: The other thing as well is these partners also understand the marketplace. Like I've worked with B2B brands who have categorically said, we don't deal with B2C cashback loyalty partners but let me just tell you this every single person in the world and this happened to be a sort of HR payroll type client I know HR managers are on top cashback because they're looking to purchase their next holiday they're looking to get something from a fashion retailer at a discounted rate so how can you possibly say that you don't want your brand to be in front of that HR manager when they're going about their daily life it's like really get strategic about why you're using the partners that you're using in your program and what do you need them to deliver for you? Because if it's brand awareness, I'd be putting all of my products onto Top Cashback with a discounted rate if it makes sense to do. Because I know that those customer audience segments are shopping everywhere online and they're using multiple different channels to purchase and make decisions.
1: Yeah, another company can't buy your product. It's a person that works at that company, right? They're still dealing with a human and that human when they're not at work, even when they are at work as a consumer. I I think you make a good point there that they're thinking like a consumer when they're trying to buy B2B type products. You mentioned earlier AI is something that obviously is everybody's talking about and playing with right now. Where do you see AI fitting into this space?
0: That's a very good question because I know that there's two camps. There's the people that hate it and then there's the people that are perhaps maybe overusing it and then I'm like in the middle because I think that there's definitely a space for AI technology to help improve efficiencies because a lot of what we do in affiliate and partnership management is still quite manual and human driven the relationship side is obviously you you can't really make a relationship with AI so you still need people to actually form those bonds with other humans and create those relationships but I think in terms of data analysis Quick content pieces that may be spurring ideas, asking it to just rethink your thought processes, I think that's quite valid, and I think we should be exploring those things because if you can shave ten to fifteen percent off of the admin that you do every week and focus that on to building or finding new relationships, how fantastic for your program so I'm a believer that you should look into everything that's new and happening and trending and then figure out how do you make it work for you. I personally don't think that creating content on chat GPT is going to help you in the long run. The people reading the content are still discerning and they're going to know when it's been regurgitated or whether it's actually unique content. Like We are humans and we know what we read and we know what we like. You're going to be able to tell that this was you know, a templated to- document created or something that somebody's actually put thought and feeling into because the thought and the emotions can't be replicated by an AI tool.
1: Yeah, it's similar to the, sometimes you see these YouTube videos where instead of a person actually narrating, they have a script that they already wrote and they just have some AI voice reading it. whenever I hear that, I'm like, I don't even want to hear this content because it just sounds fake to me or not real.
0: And it makes you feel like this person didn't actually put any effort in. So why am I listening to it? Why am I giving them five minutes of my time? And we are as consumers discerning. If you don't have me in the first three seconds, you don't have me. And I apply that to affiliate recruitment when I speak to affiliate managers. I'm like, if you don't have that affiliate's attention in the first three seconds, how are you going to get them to sign up to the program, jump through all the hoops, get the links, go live? Like you better be on your game in that first three seconds of your elevator pitch.
1: I think where AI in our industry can play a role is we have a lot of data that we can Mm. look at and you have to get a report and look at it and you might run a report a day later than you should have and find a problem having ai looking at data maybe you told it these are the things that keep me up at night the last thing you want to know is that you had a publisher that was pretty meaningful suddenly not sending traffic overnight and you were too busy that day to run that report that would have shown you that and you run it the next day and you went a whole day without traffic that had you notified them they would have fixed whatever the issue was.
0: Totally agree. And also on the personal side, what happens if it's one of your top publishers' birthdays? Wouldn't you like to get a notification to go, hey, drop them an email and say, happy birthday today? That kind of stuff, I think, is meaningful and valuable when you're building relationships.
1: So let's shift gears a little bit because this is the partnership economy. Affiliates play a big role in the partnership economy, but there's lots of other types of partners and in particular, creators, which. I can remember the earliest days when influencers came on the scene and were being talked about and it became a channel. It seemed like every affiliate manager raised their hand and went, "What? this is not new. We've been working with these content creators for years already. I think what was new was the new platforms, TikTok and Instagram, where the format of promoting a performance-based link was maybe a little more difficult. YouTube pretty easy i think that works really well but some of these newer platforms were more challenging and people leaned in on the paper posts which i think in the beginning too heavily and they realized they weren't measuring the right things and that these social signals really didn't do much for the brand and it's shifted now and so i'm curious where do you see creators fitting in the partnership economy
0: I think they're going to play a huge role and I actually don't and I'm not talking about big creators. I'm not talking about influencers. I'm talking about people like me who are, I mean, they call me a nano influencer because I've got so many people that follow me on LinkedIn, but I don't even call myself an influencer. I'm just somebody who really is passionate about one subject and that happens to be a subject that other people are passionate about and so they follow what I say. But to me, that's so valuable because To build that trust with an audience that has now stuck with you and reads everything and comments and likes, if you've got a hundred of those people, that to me is so much more valuable than if you've got a hundred thousand following you on Instagram. It's almost like word of mouth marketing, but through a social channel and word of mouth marketing is still the best form of marketing that you can have. So if you've got a hundred of these nano or micro influencers or ambassadors or content creators, whatever terminology you want to put against them. And they have a hundred customers that absolutely delight and love every piece of content that they push out. How valuable is that for a brand to tap into on a micro scale? And it's probably quite cheap compared to some of the other ways that they can reach those customers. So I think it's been a bit difficult to manage all of that within a standard affiliate platform for a long time, because these guys, they need different things. They maybe want different things from you maybe products, different types of promotions, smaller bonus options, gift giveaways, whatever it is. I think we're now moving to the point where you can manage all of that in one place and you have like different schemes within your affiliate program that suit different types of publishers. You're going to have much more opportunity to commercialize these guys in a very different way. They might not want a CPA, they might want a percentage of revenue share for that customer that they bring to you who continues to purchase. Really opens up some Very interesting doors about how we can reapportion our budgets and possibly also reapportion how we build brand against, especially in the retail and e commerce space. Do you need to do huge brand advertising campaigns or do you go find all the people that actually have the people that need and want you and love you and plow that money into this channel instead? It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be very cool to see if this impacts paid versus performance and if performance starts to take the lead
1: affiliate has become massive. It's got the attention of the C-suite that I think that those teams have more of a voice at the C-suite to, to talk about this. Look, we want to work with creators in addition to what you call affiliates. Here's where they're similar. Here's where they're different. Here's how we can work with them together. And maybe the PR or the influencer team is still working with athletes or more famous, yeah, top, yeah. more branding-based where they have a, a campaign for that, but that this is a, a something that we can't not be doing. And I think that the partnerships team is probably best suited to scale this because they're used to working with lots of different types of partners by the business models and size of their companies and reach, and they're used to driving these as a relationship-based give and take, here's what we want, can you deliver?
0: Yeah, because I think affiliate managers are always value-driven. They are looking for where is the value and what is the outcome that this partner has delivered to me. In some cases, it's going to be sales. In some cases, it's going to be I want links to partners to help me with my SEO. In some cases, it's going to be I want brand awareness because I want everybody to know about my product. And you're going to tweak your commercials, your strategy, your mix, your segmentation mix of all of these different types of partners at different times as you go through your affiliate life cycle, your affiliate program life cycle. And I think that's what makes affiliate managers probably what I think the most skilled digital practitioners in the suite, because they have to know every single channel and they have to know the value of every single channel. They have to know how all the channels interlink with one another and what the outcomes happen if they tweak certain things at certain times. The knowledge base of an affiliate manager has to be broad in order for you to be good. And that means being a jack of all trades and a master of none or a master of all, actually. I want to change yeah. that phrase. Yeah, right. That's what I think anyway and what I've learned.
1: No, I, I 100% agree with you there. I think, like I said, I think their best position to start with these nano and micro influencers because it is, it's like herding cats in a way. And the other thing I like to point out that I think a lot of companies don't really have this mental image is, hey, come on, be a creator, be joined to us through our creator platform or affiliate platform. And if you find products that you want to review or promote, there's a commission associated with them and, and have at it. And then the brand has certain initiatives, a product launch, a new business unit or vertical geo, whatever that they seasonality, they want to get a push. And so it's more campaign based where they need to recruit specific influencers that match up with what they're trying to do.
0: And there's also a brand disconnect because you're paying somebody to be your ambassador. They don't necessarily actually like your product. And that might come across or even use it. And that might come across even if you're paying for it. And again, there's a time and a place to do these things, depending on where you are in your life cycle of affiliate marketing. Somebody like Nike, for example, they do one or two key sports sponsorships a year. And that's great because everybody knows Nike anyway. And it just reinforces who's the latest cool person that's using their product. If you're a small company, you want to go with a micro and nano influencers because you want them to really impress the value of the brand, live that brand, speak that brand the same way that you do. So I think your strategy is very important when you're breaking out into other types of publisher relationships or partner relationships that you really think about why. What is your why? What do you want this affiliate program to do for you? And when we get into the nitty gritty of the strategy of creating an affiliate program for a client, The why becomes incredibly important because it dictates everything that we do from that point onwards, from launch to outbound recruitment and marketing.
1: How are you helping brands on this creator side? Is this something you're still tipping your toe in? Are you all in? Where do you see it?
0: We've always taken a holistic approach to affiliate programs, so depending on who the client is and what it is, what their why is. We then work backwards from there to figure out, okay, what's the segmentation of the types of partners that we need to go with? I'm actually going to go back to the pet peeves thing because often we'll get clients going, we already work with everybody. We already have all of the affiliates in our program. And that to me, it just makes me laugh because I will go back to them and start asking okay, what's your why? Why do you have this affiliate program? What is it about the affiliate program that you need to have done? What are you doing in all of your other channels? And as we go through the whole strategy session, it becomes very apparent to them that they're not working with everybody that they should be working with. And half the time they're investing in the wrong kinds of publishers that are not bringing in the traffic that they actually need and want. And it's also one of the reasons why I recommend people bring agencies in because we look at your programs through fresh eyes. I just want to find people that are going to bring me the right customers for my clients. And I don't care where that is coming from as long as it's the right customer at the right price point at the right value.
1: Yeah, this kind of goes back to if you have some concerns or adversity, you don't know what you don't know. You, you're in it, you've got your program, but having that perspective of an agency to say, we've seen this across dozens or hundreds of brands and what you're at saying is not unique to you. And I think, again, yeah. that's part of the beauty of this industry is that not everybody knows everything, but there's enough of us out there that do that, that you should take advantage of it. <laughs>
0: The other thing is, it's also about being brave. Like you and I have got two decades of working in this industry across multiple different brands in a hundred different geos. Like we've seen it, we've done it, we've experienced it and we're still experiencing it. But we're kind of a little bit more brave to make mistakes because we know that we can always fix them because we've probably made mistakes in the past. Whereas a younger affiliate manager coming in has a job to do, has targets to meet. They may not feel confident enough to take risks. And that could also be hurting their affiliate program. Leverage the expertise of other people that have gone before you. Even if it's just for a small little strategy piece, it's not written down anyway. There's no university of affiliate marketing to go and study this.
1: (laughs) I think that's a good place to end this on. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your advice and experiences and talking through a lot of these opportunities and ideas. It's really fun to talk to somebody that's as passionate about it as you are.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Todd. It has been my pleasure to be on this side of your mic.
1: The partnership industry has undergone countless changes over the years, but the consistent thing that's kept it thriving has always been relationship. As an industry veteran myself, I'm glad to see that there is a sense of community and that partnership marketers stray from the idea of keeping things a secret. After all, most successful partnerships are built on the foundation of trust. So it's great that in this time of growth, we're not shy about what's working and what isn't. Today, we're discovering more about the role creators and influencers play in brand to consumer relationship. Leanne pointed out that instead of celebrities playing a large role of influence, it is actually nano-influencers who hold more power. And while influencers are gaining popularity, it's important to note but they require different things in comparison to affiliates, such as product gifting or bonuses that motivate them to be true champions of a brand. Thinking ahead, the future technology will continue to innovate to make daily tasks easier. Things like automation, service to service, and AI are slowly making their way into the partnership world to make some of our manual processes easier to manage. This will give many of us more time to focus on what matters the most, relationships. Yet, as much as it can make processes more efficient, it does come at a cost of authenticity. Marketers who lean on AI for content may want to approach with caution, as oftentimes AI-generated content comes off robotic and inauthentic. It was fantastic to hear Leanne's helpful pieces of advice. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to next time.
0: Thanks for listening to The Partnership Economy, brought to you by Impact.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts.